Herbert is being chased, thrown on the run, and it is caught. Touchdown, Keenan Allen. What a grab. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's the Warrior spirit right there, boy. Huge sack by Joey Bosa. 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. It's going to be picked off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James. Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Guyton. Caught. Touchdown, Chargers. That's the greatest throw. Yeah, what's going on, Bolt fam? Welcome all to the Thunder Down Under Chargers podcast. Andy Prophet here, here with my great mates and co-hosts, Jack Reed and Alistair Lloyd. Boys, the draft is a week away. Kevin Costner and Jennifer Garner. They're going to get a run on the telly for me, that's for sure. Great film. Traditional style. Now, before we get into the show... From the TDU family here and extending out, we have some absolutely fantastic, incredible, awesome news. <laughs> Our very own Jack Reed and his lovely fiance Rebecca are going to be parents! Congrats, mate. Thank you very Got, much. Uh, Thank uh, you. No doubt, very long, beautiful, lovely girl coming. Um, <laughs> and we're all very, very excited. So, um, yeah, that's been that's been. The good news for our off season, uh, Jack. How are you feeling about? Oh, very, time? very, very excited. Um, for those, just a bit, quick bit of context. You know, Beck and I have been trying to have a baby for two years now. So uh, to get that news, we're twenty weeks in, which is fantastic. We had a lovely scan uh, earlier this week, and Andy's allusion to long. She's in the eightieth percentile for height, so she will be. Hope she'll be a tall baby. But Beck and I are just over the moon. Um, and thank you so much for your kind words. And I know that both you. Uh, both of you have been on our journey with us as well. Um, and so, yeah, it's just super exciting. It's uh, cannot wait to be a hashtag girl dad. So, yes. uh, yeah, yeah, cannot so wait. good. Looking forward. Um, very exciting, man. Yeah, you're right. We've been on the journey with you and uh, it's credit to you guys for sticking to it, you know. Hard work pays off. So, awesome. Um, Al, you good, mate? Yeah, doing well, mate. You two know what I'm like this time of year. Uh, it's antsy. Nerd. Nerd. It's, it's nice because this is coming up to the anniversary of us starting this venture together. It's, it's around this time last year we started. It's come a long way. We feel like we've got a lot more to like room to grow and we love this kind of content. It's an exciting time and the Chargers are poised for a big season next year. So can't wait to break down all these prospects. Yes, very well said. Coming up to the anniversary, I'll scrap that out of my intro. Thank you <laughs> to the TD to the TDU crew out there, our much loved listeners. Thanks for tuning in and joining us as we roll into season two of the show. If you're new, joining us for the first time uh, during the excitement of the draft season and the off season, please take the time to give the video a like and subscribe to our channel. Um, it he- helps us heaps reach more like-minded. Uh, Chargers and NFL fans like you. Um, we'll also be releasing the second part to this show in a couple of days' time, so make sure you do get notified before the draft comes around next week. Uh, before we jump into the real beef of the draft gear, a quick recap on the Chargers free agent movements. Um, as recently as a couple of days ago, Jalen Guyton has re-signed with the Chargers, uh, hopefully, hoping for a successful return from that Week 3 ACL. Slots back in as wide receiver 4 and brings back that missed vertical speed. DeAndre Carter has left the building, one-year deal with the Raiders. Braden Fayoko, a fan of the show, uh, signed with the Steelers. Keep listening, mate, uh, if you ever did. Matt Filer is now a Falcon, and the Chargers re-signed uh, guard center depth will clap. Uh, probably a smart business move, retaining some veteran depth behind Corey Lindsley. 
um, with Phyla outgoing. All right, as I said, uh, today's the first of two shows about the upcoming draft that's in a week's time. Today we are going through the offensive position groups, uh, then we'll follow up with the defensive position groups in due course. Doing things a little differently to most, our draft nut Al has uh, arrived at a few prospect markers for each of us to have a think about um, per position group and yeah, come to the discussion with something maybe a little bit different. So the five or so um, selections we've got, we've got the TDU tick. So this is a player you'd be happy with if the charge is selected, um, whether that be at one uh, round one pick 21 or at a selection of your choosing, open to interpretation fellas. Uh, the TDU question mark, you have concerns about the Chargers drafting this player. Might be due to poor scheme fit, or you reckon it could be a bust. I love you, man. This is any player you've fallen in, uh, fallen for throughout the draft or the scouting process. Whether or not the Chargers select them, you're just sort of keen to watch how their, their journey pans out. The Telesco special, a guy you can see Tommy T having high on his board. Um, and the TDU sleeper, any sort of later round prospect that has caught your eye. Uh, so I guess no better place to start than with one of the hotter position groups on the minds of most Chargers fans in the offseason, the wide receivers. As it stands, uh, with you know the retaining of Guyton, uh, we've got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, Guyton, and then Keelan Doss and John Hightower as the two depth um, stock fillers at the moment. Not much need be said for Mike and Keenan, um, as far as their ability and output, it's just a lot of money tied up in two guys with a thick injury history mm -hmm. now. Uh, mm -hmm. They missed a combined 10 games last year, and you know, maybe home field advantage of some sort could have helped during that. Um, or we would have had to knock off the Chiefs. But it, you know, it could have happened if they'd hung around yep. um, for more of the season. Uh, we can only hope that uh, the season 2023 allows both to play more freely in Kellen Moore's offense. Uh, Josh Palmer showed glimpses of potential in the wake of the aforementioned injuries. Uh, he had 72 receptions, 770 yards, and 10.7 yards per, three TDs. Um, Guyton's return, his speed, I think, is still a little bit lacking. Um, Jack, how do you think the mm. the Chargers, Telesco, Staley, are going to approach this group in the draft? Right. I had a couple of things for every positional group and maybe some questions or some other criteria. Yes, we know the tangibles. We know the 4440 speeds. We know the, or the 40 yard dash, I should say. We know the length. We know the measurables. So I sort of put together some uh, criteria perhaps about how uh, from the intangible standpoint. So first one with wide receivers, I'm looking at the willingness to stretch the field. If a wide receiver is going to be taken in the first round, you have to understand as that wide receiver, are you happy to be the third, fourth, or maybe even fifth option? Will you run routes again and again and again and again with maybe not a lot of targets? Are you willing to do that as a first round receiver? The next thing for me was adaptability. You know, do you have the ability to run a full route tree? Could you play at a decent level in Keenan Allen or Mike Williams's role if they are injured? Chances are, as you alluded to Andy, they might not play all games due to injury and just getting a little bit old. The other one in that adaptability is, you know, can you be coached or do you have a willingness to learn? The, the third one I've got is thinking about our future. This wide receiver is not just a plug and play player right now to help us win a championship. We got to look at is what's this guy going to be in four years time when Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, they're out of the building. Can we see you catching balls in different schemes? Because we don't know how long Callan uh, Moore's going to be around either. Chances are it might yep. change in the in, in the next couple of years. 
or are you a one-trick pony? Are you just a burner? So are you willing, again, to continue to grow? And the last one, and I think maybe the most key, is the relationship with Herbert. Can we see you being a good teammate and building a relationship with Herbert? So those are more of the... Those, those those elements that they're the big question, the big picture questions, the macro sort of things that I'll be looking at. Alistair. Now to ask you a question about that, in determining, you know, what you like about this class, have you weighted at all short-term success more than long-term or do you kind of have a bang in the middle? Because the charges are, we all hope in a Super Bowl window, are you tilting the scales a bit more towards pro-ready guys or are you still just not business as usual, we've got to build the best team? short-term and long-term. Well, do you want me to go directly in my, into my TDU pick? Because I think I've found the person yeah. that perhaps straddles both lines. So yeah. my first TDU pick, whether it's controversial or not, who I think might be available to us at 21 is Zay Flowers. He's mm -hmm. my guy. I really like him. I like him over Addison. Uh, I like him over Jackson Smith in Jigba purely because Njigba, I think, is going in the top 10, given the, the news around him. But he's a 4-4-2 athlete. Um, he's got, he's, he's got, he can run the he can run a route tree. He's quick in and out of breaks, um, and he's pretty good at getting uh, separation from defenders. You know, he is undersized, so, uh, and, but you'd also say Keenan Allen is an undersized uh, receiver in the NFL too. Um, he is savvy, and I think he's, he's a competitor, because his head coach um, said to it, or an NFL scout actually, I said, competes his ass off, but is always smiling. BC coaches say he's the type of guy everyone wants to be around, never gave up. Uh, he's on a three-win team and he's out there blocking and fighting with tears in his eyes at the end of the game. That's why he's one of the best guys um, Jeff Halfley, his coach, has ever coached. He's the guy, I think he has Keenan Allen potential, maybe even a little bit quicker than Keenan Allen. I love his route running. Um, I think he's going to be best in the slot. So I think he's perfect for the short term, but he's also got some long-term potential. That's my TDU ticket, the wide receiver position. Mm. I, um, I'll, I'll jump in after that, Jack. And um, I like the way that you're looking at the wide receiver because I agree with you. I like the all-rounders guys that can do a bit and, I've got the same, Zay Flower. I toyed about it. I go, is a wide receiver worth it in the first round? And even with re-signing Jalen Garden, I thought, yeah, we need just weapons. Um, weapons for, for Herbert. Um, really strong work ethic. Uh, he's got that sort of dog in him, like you said. And he can just do everything. He's inside, outside, slot, in motion. He can return as well. I like it. Room to mm. grow behind um, behind the other two, and I think he can still be effective right from the get go. So that's it for your TDU ticks. It's it's Zay or bust. Interesting. Oh, I, th um, I thought we're I thought we're only picking one player. Oh, it's up to you. Uh, go go oh, for it. You know okay. you know I'd pull a few. No out no, of no you go. I've only picked I've only picked one player. I've done my process of elimination, and uh, I didn't realize <laughs> that we could pick multiple TDU ticks. I'm a teacher. You well, got either get it right or wrong. Well, Come look, on, mate. I'll, I'll say I I wouldn't expect. Um, Quinton Johnson and Smith and yeah. Jigba to be there. Uh, I'd be okay with um, Jordan Addison. Um, you know, he had that really good year in uh, Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett, won the Blitnikoff Award 2021. Yep. Um, come back to USC. Didn't have such a great year, but he can do it all as well. He's probably the most polished, I think, um, of more stuff, but I just, I like Zay Flowers better. I like Zay Flowers too. I my concern about Flowers is he's he seems to be kind of a second round pick masquerading as a first a little bit. 
just based on this cohort of wide receivers because you're looking at someone who's he's five five foot nine 182 pounds which is it's small and light for bc he was kind of on the outside really good at actually attacking down the field his contested catch rate for a small guy was up at 58 percent it's about twice the contested catch rate as quentin johnston who's a big Mm. guy so he's tough and feisty i always try to look at like what the pre like the the precedent in the NFL is for a player like that if you take him in the first round and like Keenan's a kind of six foot three slightly built like Jack alluded to but I just do wonder if as a first round pick Zay is going to kind of return the goods from a production standpoint or if he looks more like I don't know like a John Brown or one of these guys who or Marquise Hollywood Brown I like him and I like his kind of effort as well. I'd prefer him in a trade-down scenario, but I'm a real Jordan Addison guy. Smith and Jigma, I am as well, but like you said, I don't think he'll be there and his skill set is quite similar to what we already have because he's slow. But Jordan Addison, for transparency, I kind of fell for him last year because I did a lot of work looking into Kenny Pickett and every time I was watching Kenny Pickett, he's just throwing it down the field. Jordan Addison had 1,600 yards that year, 17 touchdowns, won the Belitnikoff Award, as you'd said, Andy. And what I do think he offers is kind of wins at all three levels, smooth in and out of the breaks, very good route runner. He's still only 21 years old. But I think the punctuation mark is this wide receiver class is interesting. Everyone seems to have something a little bit wrong with them. So, so with Addison... He's 173 pounds, 78 kilograms. Now, there, that's a bottom three percentile wide receiver. There are only 30 wide receivers that have been this light, that have ever entered the NFL. And in this draft class, there are six of them. But I don't know what I saw. Like, he just finds a way to get open. And I think he could offer a complementary skill to what they have with Keenan and Mike. One question maybe I'll get you to um, answer, Andy, is, is our big listener, Tao, had actually straight up said... Because the wide receiver class, there's there's no real elite talent, and you know whoever we draft might be a wide receiver three or four, and there are other needs. Um, he's a hard no to wide receiver in the first round. He reckons attack that in another round. Obviously, we kind of disagree with that because we all have TDU ticks. But does does that resonate with you at all? I do understand it. Um, I'm kind of back to the question that you asked Jack about whether it's win now or look to sustain success. Yeah. Um I think if I think I'm looking at it both ways and with valuing spending or like um justifying spending a higher pick I'm looking at I don't think that Keenan and Mike are both going to be there maybe in at the after the end of next year. So you don't want to then be do you want to be doubling down and <clears throat> be picking a wide receiver hopefully later in the first round next year? Mm. Um or during so, this year insurance risk. Yeah. Trying to win a Trying to win a Super Bowl, I mean, it helps mm. to have a receiver you think can step up if one of those goes down. Yeah, and heck, if they can do it in their first year, let them have a championship hangover the next year. Don't, yep. But, you know, you see my point. Um, I, I I see what, what Tao's saying, um, but I'm not saying absolutely not. It's all about how the pennies fall to me. I, I do agree with Tao. I think the reason why there's a, a T... I interpret it as TDU tick, meaning that you'd be happy to kind of see them at 21 if they were drafted. I, I, I have other TDU ticks that I would probably want. I just want to make that clear to the listeners. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. that Zay Flowers, yeah, yeah, yeah. we should draft at 21, because uh, I mm. do believe with Tao, I think there 
is that the wide receiver class is weak and like quarterbacks, because it's a high value position, the amount of news and videos that go up on social media and this buzz does tend to push these guys up, up, up. Um, and that's just the machine that we follow uh, because we'll get into some other places where I think of who we should draft and okay. why. Yeah, anyway. Hmm. Uh, do, do, does that lead into the question mark, I guess? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I would be really worried with Jalen Hyatt at uh, to be taken at 21 um i don't really see him as a particularly well-rounded receiver uh, and i don't think he's really going to be effective even at a maybe in our offense perhaps in our offense as a as a three four or five uh he is very very quick and has pretty confident ball skills so he is that burner and he Mm. could take the top off of defenses but He's going to yeah. excite a lot of Chargers fans, isn't he? The idea of yeah. Herbert and yeah. Hyatt. He yeah. had that game against Alabama, five touchdowns, 200 yards, and everyone freaked out in the middle of the year. A lot of Chargers fans want to see that pairing. Yeah, but he's. if I go back to my criteria, that's a one-trick pony at the moment. He's very much a one-trick pony, and we haven't... Maybe that's being harsh on him, but yeah, that's that was my question Pretty mark. Pretty good trick. If, yeah, good trick, yeah. but it's not everything. Yep. That's my yeah. question mark. I'd be a bit worried if we took him at 21. Yeah, Jack, I feel like you're stealing my homework, man. I Jalen Hyatt as, as well. Um, initially, I all I saw was the speed, and I was totally blinded by the speed. But once you actually look at how he was utilized in that Tennessee offense in bunched stack, um, stack formations, he's really like getting separation immediately from the line of scrimmage, always mm. schemed open. Um, and I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah, I just I tend to agree with you, Jack. One trick pony kind of thing. Um, look. I don't. I just don't know if that strength of his skill set uh, will translate all that well at the next level. And for a and first round draft pick as well. For a first yeah, round draft pick. Yeah, there's. I just think there's far more bust than boom. I wouldn't like him in the second round either, boys. I don't think. I'm. Mm. I'm off him too. He he only saw press coverage on 62 snaps in his entire college career. He's built like a twig. He's 176 pounds. Now, you want to build guys up and, okay, he blew, he had a great year. He won the Blitnikoff Award this year. Let's not shortchange him. He's only 21 years old. He actually has pretty good hands. He can, can contested catch. You could see him being a useful weapon in the scheme, but there are just a lot of question marks there, and that's what this category is there, right? He's basically got one year of college production. The two years before, he never had over 270 yards in a season. So... My, my other question mark was a guy many, many people like to link to the charges. It's Quentin Johnston out of TCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's almost the, like the highest ceiling guy in the class because he's the only one who looks like he could be a true X receiver because he's six foot three, 208 pounds. He looks the part. He's really explosive when he kind of breaks out of curl routes. You see him turn back, face the quarterback, catch, turn around and just go. And there's a lot to like there, but... He's a bit of that looks like Tarzan, plays a bit like Jane. He's bad Ooh, with is contested. That, is, is, that, is that PC? I don't know if we can say that anymore, mate. Let's just... Uh, yeah, let's I don't just, know. What, what would be that. the PC version of that? Maybe he's uh, un- underwhelming or, or lacks some intestinal... Oh, that's getting worse. Um, Fortitude. So, <laughs> look, he's a finesse receiver in an ex-receiver's body. So, again, he's got room to grow because he, he's only 21, but... When things mattered, last year, the national championship game against Georgia, he had one catch for three yards. And 
I don't know, I know he suffered from bad quarterback play at TCU, but if you're talking about a top 10 X receiver, let's get it. This guy chess catches it, he drops too many balls, and he's not a big contested catch guy. But some people love him. So I, I thought you would have had him as your Telesco favorite because he's got kind of got the size and some of the abilities that Mike Williams had in the first round. You know, that big, yeah. that big guy. Any, interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, that almost puts me off him because I was a bit dirty yeah. when we spent the seventh on Mike Williams. <laughs> a lot of people have said that, but I see the differences is like Mike's actually good at going up and getting it down yeah. the field, but yeah, he's not sure. that fast. Quentin Johnson's almost the opposite. He's super fast and explosive, great vertical leap and all that stuff. The big play, um, that's when he goes missing. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, is this I love you, man? This is the I love you, man. Uh, I've got to go with the, the Jay Reid, Jaden Reid, because I'd love to see a Jay Reid playing for the Chargers. Narrowly missed for me, mate. I love <laughs> it. Narrowly too. missed. Uh, I think he's a third or fourth round prospect out of Michigan State. Uh, he has a, another one of these very, very slight receivers. Uh, will probably struggle early on against NFL defensive backs, but he's got speed. Uh, he's got some tempo and he's got good downfield ball skills. Uh Ingredients to make a potential NFL playmaker. I don't think he's got them right now. They're still all separate ingredients. They need to be put together with some good, uh, some some technical coaching and some uh, and just some just some time at the NFL level. Um, but he also has some value as a return man. So he's multifaceted. Again, I go back to that adaptability. Uh, so Jay Reed could be drafted in the third or fourth round. I'd be happy with that. Nice. Um, I had him later on in my stack. Uh, I love you, man. Uh, for me, is Marvin Mims. Um, oh. Now, Mims. not necessarily because of his skill set, but in my line of work, Mims is an acronymic name for a type of cable, uh, mineral insulated metal sheath. Uh, <laughs> used a lot outside in railways and stuff like that. Uh, so there was a little bit of that, you know, that the name caught my eye straight away. He's also electric. I watched some of his tape, and to be fair, um, I could have probably chucked him in a couple of other categories. Um, uh, he had a really good combine, uh, did himself a world of favours with some of his testing results, sub 4440, 39 and a half inch vertical, 10 uh, foot 9 broad jump, both ranking high in the high 80 percents, percentiles. Um, good catch radius. I'm really interested to see where this guy lands and uh, how he goes after hopefully bulking up a bit. Um, I think his play strength was a bit down, so he struggled against some of the man coverage, but good ability to track the football. And a popular name linked with the Chargers. Yeah. A lot of Chargers Twitter's yeah, all sure. about this guy. If he's in the third round, he also addresses punt returner kind of needs, which mm. the team now needs with Dre having left the building. Uh, I'll only talk about one, but I, I love these two guys who are almost the same dude. It's Josh Downs from North Carolina and Nathaniel Tankdell from Houston. Tankdell. Just love the way they play. Tank Dell, his nickname Tank from his mother due to his large head, apparently. Um, I just got pumpkin, so <laughs> Tank would have been better, actually, back at school. He beat me to the punch. Uh, and I, sh I should say, a lot of this is not our work. We should reference that Dane Brugler from The Athletic has just released the Beast draft guide, which is full of information and tidbits, Chargers fans. So if you want to know anything about these prospects, that's where we've got some of this information. Um, Tank Dell, similar to Josh Downs, they're five foot nine, about 180 pound wide receivers, but who's the way they play belies their size. They actually have really good hands down the field, low drop percentage, great contested catchability. So you think, what's like 
it gives them a chance, I think, to succeed at the next level despite their frame and size, which is what you need, right? If you're going to be an outlier from a like a prototype tangible perspective, you need to have something that's going to translate to the next level. And for both of them, I think they've got this quick twitch explosive stuff where they just know how to get open from the slot. So two of those guys, Josh Downs and Tank Dell for me, they're the, my I love you mans. Cool. I think we move on to the Telesco favorite. I found this really difficult in the in the process, actually. The sleeper, the I love you man, and the and the tick and the not sure. Yeah, they were easy. The Telesco favorite. I mean, I I struggled to find a Telesco favorite here, so I just picked a name out of the hat. Realistically, I looked at. It's usually what he does. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of traits. I mean, I've, I've gone. I don't know. It could. It could. Is it Nathaniel Dell? That's what I sort of fell on. Um, fourth to fifth round grade out of Houston. Again, he's quick. Um, he's got start stop acceleration. Can create chunk plays. But again, he's not a polished uh, NFL receiver yet. But could be a quite a dynamic weapon to have mm. at mm. three, four, or five. Uh, but but he also handles the. Um, he also can handle punt return uh, duties as well. So Nathaniel Dell was my Telesco favorite. Could be a sleeper, I guess, as well. Um, Andy, what was your Telesco favorite? Yeah, I understand what you mean by it being a bit difficult. So at times when I wasn't too sure, I went sort of cliche or a bit sort of gimmicky. Um, we've spoken about Jordan Addison already. Um, I think I think probably Jackson Smith and Jigba might be higher on Telesco's board. Um, but with the reality of landing the player, I reckon Jordan Addison um, would be above Trey Flowers. And they've met with him. Um, he's a local boy now from, you know, USC. And, uh, yeah, I think um, he will – yeah, he's Telesco's favourite. To add to that, he was recruited at Pittsburgh by Chris Beattie, who's that's, the Chargers yes, new wide receiver coach. Yeah. So the there's a, some synergies there. I took it in a direction of the types of receivers that the Chargers have drafted quite a lot, kind of six foot two, six foot three, not particularly fast, high character. And there are two who fit the bill. There's Cedric Tillman from Tennessee and A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. Not burners, not burners at all. Like Tillman's got better hands, I think, than A.T. Perry. I'm higher on Tillman than Perry. I actually think he could be one of the steals of the draft because He's down because he had a high ankle sprain this year. But if you go back to 2021, he was highly productive for Tennessee. But I think with, with these two guys, you, you just don't know if they're really the right fit um, for the Chargers. You just have the feeling that we don't need another wide receiver who has that that kind of prototype. We've already got a few of them in the building. But the thing about them as well is this is a classic Telesco thing. They're from schools that the Chargers will feel like they had success from recently. Yeah. With uh, Tennessee, the Chargers had Josh Palmer. So, hey, I know it's a different coaching staff, but we're going to grade the uniform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A.T. Perry's Wake Forest. Forest. I think Josiah Taylor did pretty well there. And they say A.T. Perry's a high-character guy. So those are a couple of names for the listeners. Well, well let me... All I let, think, sorry, all I, th- all I think when I hear A.T. Perry is like 12 drop percent or something like that. Yeah. And it just makes me feel so yuck. Go play well, on, Jack. I when I hear Perry, I think of our senior school science teacher and maths teacher. 
That's, oh. what, that's what I think of. Old man he ran a similar, similar 40 times. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Slow, well, he me... had slowest 10-yard dash at the whole combine. So AT and Mr. Perry in the cut from the same cloth. Let me bootstrap this TDU sleeper pick back on that analysis, Alistair, of big receivers that are that are sort of physically traitsy. So my TDU sleeper uh, is Elijah Higgins from Stanford. Ooh, nice sort of your, your six-foot uh, plus receiver. He's got an intriguing height, weight, and speed ability or sort of, I guess, traits with him. Um, he could be a problem matchup wise. He's not polished at all. He's a deep, deep pick on that third day somewhere. But also because we're having these issues with tight end, what are we doing with the room? Elijah Higgins, I saw on tape, does have the size and the weight to maybe perhaps be that move tight end um, mm. or even that big slot. So just yeah. another weapon somewhere, a traitsy big guy. We like Parham, you know, six foot eight. That We like sort of big, you know, um, uh, big, big, big guys or uh, athletically gifted guys in that later round. So Elijah Higgins could be one of those. Yeah, nice. Um, my TDU sleeper has been mentioned already. Um, now, with Jalen Guyton resigning, I think the likelihood that the Chargers go after two wide receivers in this draft is probably minimised, um, whether they attack it early or later. As deep as I went, I just couldn't go past Jaden Reed, um, mm-hmm. a real Swiss Army knife kind of guy. Like you said, Jack, experienced returning, versatile. Um, he's, it's kind of fitting, I think, that he's, he's been comped um, to Andre Roberts um, and because, you know, if we get him in the return game, which we'll need, uh, that, that could be cool. Um, yeah, po- polished route runner, uh, potentially limited ceiling as a wide receiver too, um, but more than likely a consistent kind of decent floor. So Jay my, Reed. Uh, my sleeper in the sort of fourth. I know it's not too sleepery, but early day three, they'll do. I had that in pencil as well. Uh, I know our good buddy Kyle is a big fan of Andre Yosevis from Princeton, who again a lot of Chargers mm, fans. There was another one, yeah, limited, limited fast. sort of limited, but yeah, moves for a big guy. Oh boy, I think track background. But my sleeper was uh, a very random guy called Charlie Jones from Purdue, who is a white Solid outside guy. receiver. You you know you don't <laughs> see them that often. He is. That's what you got to say because the only comps you have you start thinking oh Edelman Cole Beasley Cooper Cup they're few and far between but his story is incredible he's 24 and a wider name than Charlie Jones exactly he's (laughs) probably a drummer as well so like he he's already 24 and a half years old so he's he's been a college player forever and he was so under the radar he began his career at the University of Buffalo transferred to Iowa, played two years at each of them. Then he decides to go to Purdue for his final year because the quarterback was his mate from high school. Out of nowhere, this guy for the Boilermakers has 110 catches, 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns in 2022. Out of absolutely nowhere, an elite 2.7% drop rate. He runs nice routes, you know, great in the quick passing game. So slants, crosses, all that stuff. And he's got good value. Like you said, with Reed Prof, he's a special teams ace and a returner. So I, I, I have, he, I'm having shades of Dylan Cantrell. My God, yes. a white oh, receiver. Fuck, well, don't, this guy's only five foot 11, 175 pounds. So he's a little, he's a little fella, but I just wanted to shout him out just because that's an incredible story to have no college career. And then all of a sudden you look like you're going to get drafted on day three. So good on you, Charlie Jones. Mate, we've already got a small white guy and that's Michael Bandy. Give that guy yeah. a contract. No, I'm joking. He no. gone. He's he gone. gone. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He gone. Selling insurance. 
doubt. <laughs> or rubber uh, bands. That's what, who they, knows. That's what they do. <laughs> rubber band. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that wraps up our uh, wide receivers. So on to the running backs. Now, interesting group, uh, this one, as the off-season went on. Not because of any changes, really. Just, obviously, the lack of ideal Eckler contract situation, the back and forth and stuff. Um, contract talks are off as it stands. So behind, you know, 40 TDs in the last two years, we've got Joshua Kelly, who showed positive strides, I think, in 2022. Um, former sixth-round pick, Larry Roundtree, who was cut and then recommissioned. And, look, a relative un- a relative unknown in uh, Isaiah Spiller. Um, all in all, the unit ranked 30th in yards per game and 30th in yards per attempt. Mm. Was that... Thanks, the- Joe. Yeah, exactly. Was that a, a product of the guidance? Um, I think our group is probably a little bit better than that. Um, in saying that, there's been a, a pretty good running back coming out of the draft that's been linked to most teams, I guess, picking in the oh. 20s. Um, the amount of mock drafts that get thrown out. Uh, Al, what do you what do you make of this group and how do you see the, the team approaching this position in the draft? I love the group. I think it's a really good group and a deep group. It seems like it, the college running backs are getting better and better and more plentiful, which is why no one wants to pay them at the NFL level because you feel like there's a ready replacement. The big conversation I have in my head about should the Chargers be even contemplating Bijan Robinson early in the draft. And let's be clear, a lot of people think he's the best prospect to come out since Adrian Peterson, you know, 12, 15 years, a real generational guy is are we in a window so that you want to plop in a running back? I think running backs in the first round are no good on teams that are in rebuild mode, like when the Giants spent on Saquon. I'd say tick. Uh, Do you have an elite franchise quarterback? I think the answer for us is a clear yes. And I'm loathe to drop in one of these elite guys who, you know, Give him three, give him 20 carries a game. What you're doing there is taking the ball out of the hands of your franchise quarterback, or you're going to be tempted to do it when, and this is the real analytics thing, even a really good running back, the most you're getting per carry is six yards. It's like a bad completion. So it's not a very efficient way to move the ball, and it's kind of what you do if you don't have a guy who can push it down the field. So the, that's the kind of question I have in my mind about what's the value in the first round. Now, the Chargers like drafting running backs. We drafted one in 2018, Justin Jackson, Josh Kelly, 2020, Larry Roundtree, 2021. Last year, we actually took two because Horvath counts, right, as a mm, fullback. Yeah. Um, but maybe before yeah, I kind of go on for forever and a day, I'll give one of you an opportunity to jump in on this concept of, you know, a, a Bijan Robinson type is that a guy the Chargers should think about in the first round or are you in the don't draft running backs in the first round camp? I'll feel this. I'm not in the don't draft running backs in the first round. Um, you know, I'm not in that camp. I just think that it would be a churlish decision uh, for the Chargers to draft a running back with um, that pick. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, the ideal trade scenario of you know, moving maybe five or six spots down. You'd have to think that if a team was willing to give up capital, that they'd be coming up to get the likes of Robinson or mm. someone, or it would fall probably past that that spot. <clears throat> um, I don't want to spoil many more of my answers, but I just I don't think it's a I don't think it's a good decision 
like you said, my big mm. point as well is don't take the ball out of Justin's hands more than more than we have to. Do you think there's any chance that Austin Eckler gets traded over the course of this draft weekend? Would that change change it? Or do you, are you kind of in the, yeah, Eckler's going to be on the team next year, so forget it? Um, yeah, in what way is... But is Eckler getting traded for the Chargers to move up somewhere and it's part of the bounty that we're giving up? Like, what's the scenario where we're trading just to get Hall? Someone goes, actually, you know what, we don't... Or we missed out on our running back. Can we have Austin Eckler? It's probably unlikely, isn't it? It would be a round three kind of pick. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> it's a fair question. Also, the a positive of having you know a, a reliable running back is that you can burn the clock down at the end of games, which is something the Chargers haven't been too great at. No, we lack that able. And I'm not, you know, he's not a a superpower runner, but he can hang on to the ball and make people miss. Well, mm. well, let's look at it this way. Okay, so you've gone very much. The glass is half empty. Let Let's have a look at it from a half full perspective. Let's go draft night. Bijan Robinson is there at twenty one. Bijan Robinson is there at 21. We go, okay, Eckler is now available to trade on draft night to get us a perhaps a second or a third round pick. Mm. Let's let's look at it. So we go, oh, well, but what about Bijan Robinson? He hasn't been in the building very long. We've got a brand new offensive coordinator. Eckler is going to be starting with a brand new scheme anyway. So, yep. okay, we get a guy who's young. We get a guy who's a generational talent. Uh, listen, I'm not saying let's draft yeah. Bijan, but I think we've got to look at the, the positives here. You're looking at a Absolutely. guy that behind Ricky Williams, Cedric Benson and Earl Campbell has got the most in um, you know, most receiving yards in, um, in their career. He's got he's ridiculous in the passing game. He's ridiculous in the running game. He's a complete package. He is what Eckler, I think, could... Uh, well, I, I think he's a better version of Austin Eckler because I think he's more balanced. And if we look at what Kellen Moore did with the run-pass game and the Chargers have been very vocal on trying to bring back more of a balance between the run-pass game, is Bijan Robin a better option than keeping Austin Eckler given the fact that there's going to be a brand new offensive scheme and you're going to be starting at scratch anyway? Why not start with a younger more, uh, dare I say, more polished runner than Austin Eckler? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, and that's very attractive. And on draft night, we get Bijan and we get a maybe mid-second day pick back for Austin yeah. Eckler at best at se- in the second round. I don't know. Anyway, that's just it's a good No, it's a good question because I think that... But, and mm. let's be honest, like TDU tick, Bijan, am I right in suggesting he's the Correct. only one we're really considering? So yes. we, let's keep yeah. talking about Bijan. Just a couple of fun nuggets. He's the first player in the history of Arizona sport to rush for 2,000 yards twice in high school. So he was just a freak since the day he was born, essentially. He set the PFF record for broken tackles in college with 104 last year. 257 yeah. carries, 1,575 yards, 18 touchdowns. Zero drops in the receiving game. 21 carries of more than 15 yards. This guy does everything. He ran zone. He ran gap. His pro comps are Ladanian Tomlinson yeah. or Edgerin James. So yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous prospect. Mm. I think what you need to think about is the opportunity cost. And this is why people don't like running backs in the first round. When you take a first round draft pick, they get a first round draft picks contract. So if you hit on edge or tackle or these positions that cost $20 million a year when they're really good, you've got them at three or $4 million per year for four or five years. Whereas with Bijan Robinson from day one, if you pick him at, take him a pick 21, you're paying him whatever it is, $2 million per year 
Whereas that's kind of what reasonable running backs get paid. So that's part of the discussion. What else could you do with the draft capital? What do you reckon, Mm. Andy? Yeah, that's that's a fair point. I'm actually going to renege a little bit on what I said about wanting to take the ball out of Justin's hands. There were far too many times last year he was throwing the ball over 50 uh, times a game. So we've got to compromise on that a little bit. Um, you make a very valid point about essentially paying a running back, a rookie running back, a max running back contract uh, for his first contract. <laughs> like, it's close to it. You're not wrong. Uh, I think there's crazy units out there paying some running backs what they're, what they're getting. Um, but look for the... While they're young, um, I don't know. For me, you take him? It's, it's, it's a real tough one. It, it's it's got to be who, who else is on the board, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Would I take him... Oh, if we didn't have too many other, I think, other holes, then maybe. I think there's just too many other things that are far more important. Look at this fence sitter. You should be the lawyer, mate. Yeah. Bit of column A, column B. Yep. I Jack. would. I would. Yep. I would take him. If he fell to 21, I would, and then try and move Eckler on a draft night trade somewhere. That's what I, that's what I was, I was going to ask. So when, we, when the charges go on the clock, are you getting on the phone trying to shop Eckler? It depends on who. As is Eckler worth more before we've drafted Bijan or after we've Ooh. drafted him? And then you pick up the phone and then you go, "Hey, you want to? We've, we've God, you wouldn't want to trade him before. Yeah, exactly. Right? You wouldn't you, want to trade him before. Call up at pick ten. Hey, how about it? <laughs> so, then this is going with, exactly how we thought it would fall. Then, then you're left with Joshua <laughs> Kelly as your RB one. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, Larry. I, uh, listen, he's naturally there's going to be his draw his his stock is going to be less because you've taken Bijan and you've got a stacked running back room now. So you know teams aren't maybe perhaps going to part with it with a pick, but you could you could you could easily package it some way. I think that might be far too aggressive for Tom Telesco a little bit, but he does love running backs, so it's an interesting proposition. It's a very very interesting proposition, and also we haven't covered some of the other probably the most one of the more important groups on offense oh. yet. Uh, it depends if there are some players available um, over the, over that. So yeah, can I ask Chargers fans one thing? NFL is supposed to be fun, right? If it happens that we get to draft day and Bijan is the pick, I challenge you, in just enjoy it. There's going to be all this. Well, the process is wrong, and really we should go at edge or cornerback. You, if you take Bijan, you're going to get to watch a guy who might bring you similar joy to Ladanian Tomlinson. I never really got to watch that. I was a bit too young. So if it happens, I'll go fantastic. We're going to get to watch this fantastic player in powder blues, and I'm going to do my best just to enjoy Bijan Robinson at 21. Agreed. Yeah, it's a fair statement. All right, Jack, TDU, question mark. Question mark. Jameer Gibbs. Uh, yeah, question. Oh, sorry, have I taken people? Uh, no, I love him. I love him. Do you? Okay, I I like him too. For me, I I thought he doesn't necessarily have the ideal size or perhaps Mm. the power for the punishment in the NFL. Uh, he is extremely athletic, he's got great vision and pass catching skills. Uh, but for me, if I'm drafting at 121 or even in the second round, he's kind of like Austin Eckler anyway in the fact and his comps are Alvin Kamara and Chris Johnson so those mm. perhaps those lighter faster um, very much the Swiss Army knife weapon like like Eckler already is so I'm not saying that Jameer Gibbs is a crap player not at all I think he's a no. pretty good prospect but at 121 or 221 um, I, I would really question um, that that pick so Jameer Gibbs is my question mark yeah 
okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Not necessarily the best scheme fit. Um, my question mark is Devon Arshane. Uh, I just find his size to be absolutely absurd for what we need. We uh, He's smaller than me. Yeah. Um, and I just don't see him to be a good fit for the Chargers. Can you like run like him? He's quick. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. A lot of these guys, you know, that 5'9", 5'10", 180 pounds, that's that's kind of my area. And I think, holy fucking shit, yeah. if I could move like that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he runs a 10.200 or whatever it is. Yeah. He's just yeah. a fucking sprinter. <clears throat> yep. He's my question mark. I actually agree with everything you said, Jack. My question mark is taking any other running back, not called Bijan, before round four. Yeah. Or round three, if we manage to, you know, trade down and accumulate an extra pick on day two. So I, I'm with you. We've got other needs we need to address as a football team. Running back isn't really one of them. If the team went in with its present stable of running backs, that would be good enough to survive. We want to be a pass-first football team anyway. Um, there is a one question mark I have is a bloke called Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. But that's all around medical red flag stuff. So he didn't participate at the combine. He's a very explosive, fun guy to watch, but he's not very elusive. He's a straight line speed. And I kind of look at him and think, yeah, okay, the team that takes him, I'd be worried that he doesn't work out at the NFL level. A bit like I was worried about a Texas A&M running back last year, but um, jury's still out on him. I was really, uh, I was really high on 2014 Marion Grice running back out of Arizona State. Uh, yeah, let's not draft someone like that again, please. Yeah, let's random, never do that. random. I had that as my question mark. I was like, who the fuck was Marion Grice? Jesus. Anyway, all right. Uh, I love you, it, man. Yeah, I lo- who, do, you, do you want to go again, Alistair? I love you, man. Go. That's you. Okay, I love you, man. Mine is Dwayne McBride from the University of Alabama Ooh, at Birmingham, yes. so UAB. Let's let's get rid of the bad thing first. This is a very low level of competition, Conference USA football. He only faced two power five defenses over his entire college career, but you watch the tape and it is so much fun. He had 1,700 yards last year, 19 touchdowns. Only trailed Bijan and Javonte Williams for force missed tackles ever recorded since 2014. So he's just one of these guys, smooth, one cut, remarkable contact balance, lack separation speed so he's not going to really like get those deep kind of long touchdowns but his legs are always churning and i think if you got this guy anywhere around three or four you'd be it would be happy days only five receptions in his college career so he is not a receiving back at all he's a first and second down thumper but does he thump well yes he does my i i I loved him as well. But I've gone with the three-year starter out of Auburn, another Tank, and that's Tank Bigsby. He's one of my favorites. Uh, Again, he's kind of in more of that uh, receiver sort of, um, you know, he's got upfield explosiveness. Uh, He doesn't really have that power run. But again, I was thinking in a world without Austin Eckler, uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs fills that role. But perhaps, you know, Tank Bigsby might be there in sort of middle of day two. Um, I think he's got really good upside as a receiver, but also his blocking skills are actually quite strong as well, which I always rate in a um, in a in a running back that we draft because we are going to hopefully be a, a pass first, uh, more balanced, but a pass first team. Um, and I think he's got potential in a gap or zone running scheme. So Tank Bigsby, you're the boy. I'd love to see you um, uh, on the team. 
You muted Andy. You muted Andy, and he's talking into the uh, into the grave there. There we go. That's right. Apologies, he's back. fellas. My I love you, man, is Zach Charbonnet. Um, I at six foot, two hundred and fifteen pounds. He's just got really good speed for his size. He's strong. He hits the lanes hard. Um, I almost could have this guy as like a third round, or maybe if he fell that far, kind of TDU pick. Just for yep. how I think he'd complement Eckler really well. I just don't yep. think he'll he'll be um. He'll be around that long. Um, not super agile, uh, but his ball security clamps clamps onto that thing and he ain't dropping it. Um, cool name too. What Spiller's supposed to be, I think, Charbonnet. And maybe Spiller will become... I, fit, yeah. Yeah. I think I have faith in Spiller. I have faith. Mm. Mm. All right, Jack, your Telesco favourite. Nothing. I've got nothing for this one. I couldn't do it. This was a hard thing, so I don't have a Telesco favourite. Alistair, I'll pass it straight to you. Yeah, two blokes. Uh, if You've been talking about Austin Eckler a lot, Jack. Um, a guy called Chase Brown out of Illinois, I see him as almost being a replica. Um, not the same strength, but similar smarts and good at most things. He, he, Out of all the running backs, he won in the vertical jump and broad jump. So he's an explosive guy, only five foot nine down to the ground. He had the most carries out of all power five backs in the NFL, oh, sorry, in the college um football last year so a very high volume and production bit of a fumbling problem but if you were to move out Eckler he could come in and there are some similarities there and then a guy who could have easily made I love you man for me and I don't know if either of you got to him but Ty J Spears out of Mm. Tulane is Mm. a heck of a lot of fun heck of a lot of fun with his running style he reminded me a little of Travis Etienne Five foot ten, two oh five. He's a bit of a tweener, so he's not, you know, receiving back, but nor is he a bigger kind of a tank Bigsby type. But I just thought he could do a bit of everything um, in the passing game, in the running game. He is athletic enough, although that's probably the one question mark. Is he going to be able to do what he did playing for Tulane at the NFL level? But he's elusive, and he's another guy I could see sitting in, fitting in seamlessly for us. Yeah, I had. Um... Ty J Spears is my Telesco favorite too. Um, all the things you said there. Uh, balled out at the Senior Bowl as well, which seems to be a magnet for Tommy T. Well said. Do you want to do T to your sleeper, Andy? Jump in. Yeah, sure. Um, another one like uh, Charbonnet that could be um, a T to you tick for me. Um, he possibly in the fourth or fifth. Uh, he's the power behind Bijan. Um, yes, finesse at Tennessee, and it's Roshan Johnson, uh, big guy, six two, two twenty three. Um, obviously, a limited showing behind the the number one, um, but I really like the way he runs. He doesn't want to go to ground. He's always fighting, um, creative in breaking tackles, and his contact balance looks really good. Um, not going to blow you away with his speed. He needs a, a fair bit of work in the passing game too. But yeah, uh, I think I. I might have heard him referred to as the thunder to Eckler's lightning. Yeah. Oh, nice, whenever thunder's nice mentioned, combo. that's good for us. Uh, I'm going to go with a Tulsa again in that same <laughs> in that same weight range of he's like sort of two sixteen, two twenty. That's Daenerys Prince, a big banger, Ooh, uh, ath- athletically okay. gifted, you know, and he's turned heads at the combine with his profile uh, of, and especially he's he's a big guy too. Uh, but he's probably down the depth chart somewhere um, as probably more of a developmental player. Could be special teams somewhere, uh, but I just wanted a big banger and big prince 
looked the goods to me. So yeah, love to have him on a sixth or seventh, or if he if he's a UDFA, pick him up after the draft. Yes, big bangers like what big bangers do, Jack. And I, I would say another big love of mine, almost made my um, my I love you man, is the Pittsburgh running back Israel Abanakanda, uh, nice. or Izzy, and he's just similar to Devon A Chain. Where okay, you're just he's got what I like to call bye bye speed. It's just like one cut, oh, yeah. take Go it to on. the house ridiculous two-time 100 meter gold medalist at the new york city mayor's cup race so he's just speed personified um but he's got a thick lower half as well and and this is a guy who you know even though he had 1500 yards last year for pittsburgh also is only 20 and a half years old he won't turn 21 until later this month so i think there will be some teams who look for ibanakanda in the kind of third round, fourth round range. If you take a flyer on him in a zone scheme, especially one of these Shanahan schemes where it's just see the cut, go, uh, a is the guy you want. Yeah, like him too. All right, let's uh, let's break up uh, the posi- position breakdown just for a hot minute and uh, get into something a little bit of fun. Now, hang on, Steve. What's he asking? 150. Tell him he's dreaming. So each of us have come up with a few draft-related propositions. We're going to go around the horn. Uh, just quick hitters. Um, if you agree, you agree. If not, tell me you're dreaming. Jack, first one's for you. The Chargers will take a quarterback on day three of the draft. Oh, you! that's what I might. Uh, t- <laughs> tell him he's dreaming. Tell him he's dreaming. I don't think we've signed uh, We've signed stick, and I think we're keeping two in the room this year. So tell him he's dreaming. Uh, Alistair... The hardest place to be drafting in the first round is actually between picks 20 and 25. Yeah, I think it's up there. I agree with you. It's just that thing where you want to trade down most of the time. I agree, Jack. It's so hard, yeah. Anyway. It's rough, especially in this class where there aren't so many blue chip prospects. Andy, this will be Tom Telesco's last draft as GM of the Los Angeles Chargers. (laughs) Good one. Oh, that is a good one. Uh, you're dreaming. <laughs> I, I don't think so. That would be a win dream, the, wouldn't it? Yeah. Win the Super Bowl. Alistair, I'm going to go back to you. Yes, the sir. Chargers, the Chargers should not draft a tight end in the first round this year. I'm going to keep, I'm going to hold the pen. I'm going to, sorry, like keep it. the gun in the holster because I'm going to talk about that a bit in the tight end stuff, but it's a good question. You could go either way. I'll throw to you, Jack. Jack, the Chargers have taken at least two defensive backs in each of the first two drafts since Staley became the head coach, the Chargers will take at least two defensive backs again this year. Tell him he's dreaming. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think I think one. I think we've got a pretty good. Uh, I think we've got a pretty good stock of them at the moment. With ja- well, it depends if JC Jackson's coming back, but from all reports, he looks like he's okay. Um, I'm not sure what's happening with uh, Callahan. He hasn't re-signed yet. That's that's kind of interesting. So I think he's out. Yeah, he might be gone. Um, I think we might be looking to add to that room uh, in with UDFAs. Andy, mm-hmm. the Patriots, alongside drafting Cole Strange in the first round last year, will take guard Saidi Sow from Eastern Michigan, the 300... <laughs> the Say three, that again. <laughs> Sow, uh, the 323-pound... Bromont Quebecian as their first round pick of the 2023 draft. Not only because his name rhymes with cow, 
but he also used to play ice hockey and loves the Montreal Canadiens. Side Sao. That can't be a real name. That sounds Chinese. Side Sao is his name. Side Sao. I, I think I'm dreaming because that cannot have been real. What I just experienced. That is no, real. No, I actually th- I think that I think the Patriots are going to be pretty hot on Zay Flowers mm. as well. Mm. So you're dreaming. Um, Jack, go back to you, mate. Telesco needs to address Corey Lindsley's air in this draft. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's really important. Will Clapp is a bit of a, I don't, wouldn't even call him a, uh, a Band-Aid. I'd call him a, a break glass in emergency type player. So, yeah, I think we'd be looking at hopefully someone in that three to six range or third to round six. Uh, Alistair, firing back at you. With yes. Sean McVay's seeming new lease on life, the Rams, for the first time, have picks. Let's. I'll, just, I'll go through some of them. 36, 69, 77, 167. Uh, and then you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in the later rounds. Yeah. Um, and they are the number one, I think, sleeper organization that could make some big moves on draft night to draft their next quarterback. You, am I am I dreaming or am I am I right? I think you're I think you're right in the sense that with all those picks they will take a quarterback. I still think they I don't think it means that Stafford's out the door. I think no. they're going to stick with him for a little bit. But I I like the way you're thinking, mate. I agree. They've got so many picks to spend, and it will be good to see what they do with them. Mm. Um, Andy. For the first time in NFL history, the first four selections of the 2023 NFL draft will be quarterbacks. That's fucked. That's my next question for you. Exactly that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I agree. I agree oh. with you. Yeah. They're going to be four quarterbacks. Be, yeah, I think it's going to be QB, 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 QB. All right. I'll ask you another one then. Uh, the Chargers will draft a cornerback with one of their first two picks in the draft, Andy. A cornerback with the first oh, two. Cornerback. Picks. I thought you said quarterback. Corner, corner, corner. Corner. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, corner. Um, crazy similar to the next question I'll ask you, but uh, I agree. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think, so. I think. Oh, well, I'll ask you. Chargers go defense in the first round. Yes. Chargers go defense. Not to do. Sp- not to spoil anything uh, for next week's show, but I think that's. I think there's a good chance. Jack, can I throw one at you, mate? Sure. Chargers haven't made a draft weekend trade since Staley became head coach. They will execute at least one trade this year. On draft night or draft during the draft? Weekend. Oh, the weekend. I think they will. Yes. I'm, I'm, given how Tom was very coy, it's like, oh, well, you never know. We've got our picks, but we might have more. I think they will. I don't think it'll be mm-hmm. a sexy one. It'll be some weird mm-hmm. late rounds kind of like, you know, let me give you a pick 167 for 210 and 109. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I don't know what that was, but it'll be something <laughs> weird like that. Um, actually, you get a bit of a... <laughs> Alistair, let me throw something back to you. Uh, yep. The Chargers will have such a good draft that Brandon Staley will grow back some of the hair he's lost over the past two years. In <laughs> Isn't the three, he looking shocking? In the three days of his, fun. His, There'll be a decided difference after the draft. His beard looked great. Yeah, revenge tour. I like it. Good. Now, I know from um, experience that you can use minoxidil or other supplements to kind of give a little puff to the old do if you're starting to lose a bit. So, Brandon, if you're listening, <laughs> it may uh, impact your liver functioning, but it could be worth it. Think about it. Um, I'll, do, I'll do one final one from me. I'll throw it back at you, Jack. Yep. At, at least one team this year will trade their first round pick for a starting wide receiver, a la 
what happened with AJ Brown last year. Oh, I mean, the precedent is there because all of those trades have been quite incredible, I think, for mm. teams. Uh, the AJ Brown pick is, you know, essentially put the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Uh, it's not a good wide receiver class. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And without knowing the contract situation, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is still around. I no, mm, no, not a first, yeah. no, no, not a first. I don't think. Um, Andy, I'll throw my last one at you. This is a bit of a loaded question, actually, and is quite topical. But Justin Herbert is waiting to see how the team approaches the draft before committing to any big long-term deal. <laughs> Conspiracies you're abound. Yeah, you're dreaming. You're, you're dreaming. absolutely yeah. dreaming. That's what I thought. It's, it's a fair a point, boy. but he's a good boy. That's right. He's yeah. a good Chargers boy. Uh, Jack, my last one. No less than five day one trades will take place. No less than five. Five. Five on draft night. Five's a lot, so I'm going to say you're dreaming. I reckon the over-under of that would be three and a half. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, cool. That was good. That was fun. All right, let's get back to it. Right into the tight ends. Um, Yeah, so this tight end group, we uh, obviously get Gerald Everett back, same as Donald Parham. Uh, We've got Trey McKitty, Stone Smart, and Hunter Camp Moyer. If that makes you as sad in the pants as it makes me, then um, we've got to attack this position in the draft. Um, Everett proved to be a total dog when he wasn't laying eggs at the goal line. Uh, He finished the season really strongly. He's a yak monster, very valuable. He was the 16th ranked tight end in the league per PFF, and he just like encouraged tacklers to hang off him as he fought for extra yards. Uh, Run block grade of 48.2, not ideal. In fact, the blocking as a whole is pretty unideal. Um, Parham, probably the best blocker, but you know, only managed seven games in 2023 and has a concussion history. 12 targets and one touchdown. Um, need to, needs to see the field more. It's as simple as that. Mm. Uh, needs to stay healthy. Trey McKitty, for mine, I have bashed him plenty. I don't need to do it again. Uh, not up to scratch. And as for the backups... I don't see too much promise in either of those. Um, Jack, how do you expect Telesco or Staley to approach this group? All right. Exactly the same as the wide receiver room. I've gone for some uh, interesting categories that I might be asking the more ephemeral or nebulous questions. Yes, intangible. uh, Sorry, tangibles are great. But let's let's have it. I'm going to ask you some questions, tight ends, when I'm drafting you. The first question is, do you have doo-doo ability? And what I mean by doo-doo ability, as I'm uh, a soon-to-be father, uh, a friend of ours' child has a thing called a doo-doo, and it's a thing that they take everywhere with them, like a little doll. They suck on it, they play with it, whatever. So I'm going to be asking the tight end, every quarterback has a doo-doo. Every good quarterback has a doo-doo, a safety toy. They bring everywhere there. So you've got to think Kelsey Mahomes, Gronk Brady, Gates Rivers, Romo Witten, Gonzalez Ryan, Clark Manning, etc. Do you have the ability to be Justin Herbert's doo-doo? The next thing that I'm thinking, and I'm going, I'm going to say we want a receiver over to do it all because modern day play calling, and I think Callum Moore is going to bring modern day play calling and mobile QBs lean towards a more supreme athlete at the tight end position. Look at how effective Kelsey is. I don't, I'm not going to say that the game is past players like Gronk and things, but look at how effective those pretty much wide receivers are at the tight end spot. So are you ready and do you have that physically 
and mentally to be tight, tight in one immediately because you possibly could be. The next one's a pretty simple. Don't be a fuckwit guy. Uh, a lot of tight ends at the moment are real fucking weird. Kelsey being one of them. I don't mind it a little bit, but don't be a fuckwit. Uh, later, later rounds will be special teams aces. Tight ends have the ability to really make the huddles hum and are really good um, for a special rounds. So do you have the versatility to, in the later rounds picks, so as we get there, um, for Fiken to do his job and develop you? And the last one... <laughs> did you do that one on purpose? I did, yes. Um, <laughs> everyone knows that I can't say his name properly. Uh, the, the last one, and I think perhaps the most important one, is I've gone Gates Replace embrace the mistakes because if we do take a tight end in round one, everyone will begin to say that the Herbert and the round one tight end is the new rivers and gates. Can you handle that pressure? And ca- yep. and can you actually perform if you don't get off to a good start? Mm. Awesome. With that being it's said, yeah, with that being said, I have gone with my TDU tick and I would be very, very, very happy if we took him is Dalton Kincaid. That's mine. Dalton Kincaid is mine. I think he's still developing a certain parts of his strength and consistency as a blocker. I don't think he's particularly polished there, but he is definitely an above average pass catcher. He's got burst. He's got body control. He's got the ball skills and he's going to be a weapon wherever he goes. I really think he is. Um, He's that perfect and he projects as that Travis Kelsey playmaking move tight end the NFL. I love him. Um, I've spoken yeah. a lot, so I'll throw it over to you, Alistair. Um, I love Dalton Kincaid as that 21 pick. I think one of the first questions you need to ask here is what happens when you take a tight end in the first round? Is it worth it for that position? And something you just need to be aware of is there's not a good recent record of taking tight ends in the first round. And you don't want to be a prisoner to history, but you want to be aware of it. Recent first round picks a tight end include Jermaine Gresham, Tyler Eifert, Eric Ebron, OJ Howard, Evan Ingram, David Njoku, Hayden Hurst, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant and Kyle Pitts. Or really very few of them, I would say, have returned good value on the investment, which is why if the team can trade down and get Kincaid, I don't think that's possible, but I would approve. Or it's why I kind of want to hold off maybe till the second or third, but you wanted to jump in there, Jack. But but how, how many of those guys have the measurables and the physical ability that Dalton Kincaid has? Those are tight ends, I think, other than maybe Kyle Pitts. And who's who's yeah. been thrown to Kyle Pitts? Fucking no one. So he yeah. hasn't, and when he's had the opportunity, he'll be to, good. He'll be to, good to eventually. be that to be that tight end wide receiver. He's he's looked dominant. So yes, I, agreed. So so I think you've got to be careful with that argument there because you, a lot of those names like your, your Hawkinsons and things, they're they're still pretty big guys. Kincaid, I think, and Mayer are slight yeah. exceptions to this to, to that rule. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about Dalton Kincaid because he's also my TDU tick. Um, I'm going to start with the things that worry about me about him from a risk profile. He's a bit older than most prospects. He's he's 23 and a half. Predominantly a basketballer growing up in Las Vegas. I was going to say that. Gates. No. Gates. Yes. Yes. He wasn't even a starred recruit coming out of high school. Went to some nobody San Diego college. And then he transfers randomly to Utah and just goes bang, bang, 2021, 2022. Suddenly this guy's a first round pick because he's got all those things you said, Jack. He he moves a bit similarly to a Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Now I hate doing comps to, you know, all pro players, but... He really does have that kind of smooth 
run after catch, immediately turn up field, and he's got a very low drop rate. He catches everything. He's got buckets for hands. 35 to 4 touchdown to drop ratio. Fantastic. He, he really is good. I think he's. I'd be so excited to see him paired with Herbert. The other thing you do worry about is the kind of injury cloud, which is he hasn't tested at the combine because he's recovering from two small fractures in his back. And, and he played through the season with this, but it kept him sidelined in the Rose Bowl against Penn State. And two other times in his career, he's had shoulder issues and a thoracic injury. So, you know, 23 and a half, two years of production, bit injury prone, maybe not the best blocker in the world. There's a reason why, you know, every tight end in this class has a, a risk profile to them. But I'm going to end with the positives. He would be such a weapon to pair with Herbert over the middle of the field. And he can attack deep as well. Yes. So he'd get the TDU tick from me as well. Dalton Kincaid. <clears throat> Yep, I see the pros and cons. Uh, I don't see necessarily the value in tight end at 121. So my TDU tick is going to the second round. If he gets to it, uh, Hawkeye Sam Laporta. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's good. Comes from the tight end factory uh, in Iowa. They've uh, produced George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant of recent years. He's six foot four, two forty nine pounds. He's not the biggest, um, but he's quick. He's really quick. Sub 4.6 speed. He gets off the line quickly. He could really grow into a, a yards after catch monster. Um, he has 30 broken tackles in the last two years. He is a willing blocker, but he does need some refinement. Um, I think they, they said he was not what you'd expect from an Iowa tight end, whatever mm. that means. Mm. Ultimately, I think he'd fit in with Justin Herbert beautifully. Uh, primed for seams, overs, crosses, and flat routes. Um yeah, I'll, I'll add to that because he was—he yeah. he, he was my favorite man. Well. He's yeah. my "I love you, man." He might be my favorite yeah. dude. He played wide receiver in high school, and frankly, it shows. He's—he—he mm. he does all that. He's—he's he's not like the other Iowa guys because he's undersized. He's kind of two forty-five yeah. pounds. Not going to hold up so much in the running game. But Iowa, they base their entire offense around this guy. They're getting the ball to him on rollout screens, boots. And anyone out there, if you can get your hands on the 2022 tape against Illinois, that defense has a couple of guys who are going to get drafted. Um, Sydney Brown, Jatavius Martin, Dev Devon Witherspoon, and he just tears them to shreds, rolling his way through a defense that has multiple NFL players. Big tick for me for Sam Laporta in the later rounds. I reckon, God, it's, it's toss of the coin if he's available when the Chargers draft in the second round. I kind of have this feeling he's going to go somewhere, picks 35 to 45. Yeah, I agree. I think the, ta the talent with Laporta is not going to last until our pick in the second round. Um, mm. I'll go with the TDU question mark then. And again, I'm not saying that these players are bad or uh, are not talented or they won't be. I'm not saying they're busts. But for me, if I was the Chargers right now, even picking in the second and third round, I'd be really worried about Darnell Washington. Ooh. I th yeah, Ooh, see, okay. hot take. He, is that that hot though? Because he's got these yeah, incredible. People want him to at twenty one. Oh, people he, love oh, this guy. I just look at him and I watched his combine and I watched some of his tape. The guy is a physical specimen. He's insane. He's I I can't remember. He's kind of is he? Yeah. Listen, I okay. You made me second guess myself. Fuck you. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. I think the tight end position is tough. I don't think he's necessarily plug and play like a Mayer, a Laporta, no. or a Kincaid. And I think he would benefit from learning from a veteran. But we don't have a veteran in the room. We don't have a guy. 
I don't know how good um, Gerald Everett is. We don't have someone experienced to teach him. So I'd be 50-50 over and, and have a big question mark over Darnell Washington, as, even though he's got the fucking physical abilities of a Greek god. Um he might take some time. He's like to... Michael Clark Jordan, rest in peace. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. Well, well Jack, don't feel so bad because he's also my TDU question mark. Oh, good. And fuck you then. So... Why'd you make me second guess myself? <laughs> what I even say? I can't. I can't remember now. Um, what I will say is, I like slightly differently to you at the start, Jack. I've got this feeling that Kellen Moore likes the traditional wide tight ends quite a bit. If you want to mar- marry the pass and running game and make it look the same, and if you look at Dalton Schultz and yeah. Blake Jarwin and these guys, it might suit more of an inline guy. But I, I totally hear what you're saying that Herbert needs a weapon. Um, Darnell Washington, why I'm rooting for him is because the guy growing up in Las Vegas, his family was on the move every four months sometimes homeless due to financial hardship. He spent three years in a foster home and then suddenly he develops into this six foot seven, 264 pound tight end. He was a footballer, a a basketballer, a shot put champion. So he got offers from 40 different colleges to go to them. He picks Georgia. Why I'm worried about him is because I look for someone at six foot seven to succeed at the NFL level. And if that's going to be worth the first round pick. And I just think, who's the comp here? Is he going to be Martellus Bennett or Mercedes Lewis? Uh, Like Jimmy Graham would be the great hope, right? He was six foot seven, but he had a vertical jump of 38.5 inches, 95th percentile. That's right. Darnell Washington came dead last for the vertical jump Ooh. at the combine. So he, he he's kind of stiff and wooden in his movements. So I just wonder if you spend a first round pick or early second round pick on this guy, I mean, he's never had more than what is, so he had 800 yards receiving across his entire college career, three years. Yeah. So is this guy ever going to be an 800 <clears throat> yard per season receiver in the NFL? If not, I question the value in the first or early in the second. Yeah, I see your points there. There, yeah, he's playing behind. Um, was it Brock Bowie's at uh, Georgia? Yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about him next year. Yeah, that's it. Uh, my Teddy question mark um, is for kind of the the middle rounds. Um, the Chargers met with him virtually, but it's Zach Koontz from Old Dominion. Um, this might this one might be a bit polarizing. Mm. Um, uh, but he attended Penn State as a four-star recruit, but he couldn't really see the field in three years, so he transferred over to the Monarchs. He's an athletic freak, all-time testing records for tight ends, uh, but a relatively slender frame, uh, 6'7", 255. He gets outbodied at the catch point, and I see him as a real boom or bust. Massively high ceiling potential, don't get me wrong, with those measurables, like he could be incredible. Mm. But Jack, like you said, um, with uh, Darnell Washington, I see Zach Koontz as a developmental guy and not in the mold for the Chargers. So I wouldn't want us to go a second round, you know, if if the run on gets hot, you know, waste a third round pick on uh, a guy that has no one to work behind, really. Mm. Nice. Well, speaking of why tight ends, Alice, it was very serendipitous. I think my I love you, man, and I think I, I'm hoping because Laporta was was in here for me, but I'm going, is Laporta going to make it to the third round? Is he? And I didn't think he was. But I think this guy might be there in the second or the third, which is Luke Schoonmaker um, from Michigan. You know, two-year starter, played under Jim uh, Harbour there in the power spread offense. 
traditional wide tight end, lining up in the inline wing and occasionally in the slot. He was a quarterback in high school, left-handed like me, so hence I love you, man, um, and became a starter as a junior. I think he does everything well. He doesn't do anything amazingly. He's solid. He's a workhorse. He's solid your ass. Dalton Schultz type. Uh, not going to you know, break games open, but will be that guy if, if you need him to catch, to block, uh, to be that sort of solid number two maybe a low-end number one tight end in the NFL. So, Schoonmaker. There's more coming up on him later. Uh, my I Love You Man is a very undersized tight end from Miami called Will Mallory. And he is your flex tight end. So, really playing in the slot as a big slot guy. Six foot four, 239 pounds. So, light as anything. Little boy. Little boy, but <laughs> super, super duper fast. So his 40 time is first amongst tight ends at the combine, 4.54. And he flashes the ability to get behind linebackers all the way to the third level. And again, listeners, there's a game against the North Carolina Tar Heels that I was watching that I just could not believe two of the receptions he had in that game. Very exciting. I'll post it in the comments um, on the YouTube channel. Um, Again, high school wide receiver, his dad, um, seven-year special teams coordinator for Jacksonville, and last year he coached with the Broncos. So he's grown up around football. He spent a lot of time around guys like Jeremy Shockey. Uh, and I do think in the later rounds, rounds five, six, or seven, if you just want to have a dart throw on a guy who's probably undersized to do much blocking at the NFL level, and you just want a straight up receiver to have it through the passing game, I really like Will Mallory from the University of Miami. The U. The you got a, got a Telesco favorite for this one, Jack? I do. And dare I say it? I might say it. I think it's the initials be. would be M. N-D-M. Michael Notre Dame Mayor. I think uh, Telesco would love to draft a fighting Irishman in the first round. Uh, and you know what? I do think he's that again. He's a he's a wide tight end, uh, but I still I still think he'll be as imp- impactful, I should say, as Kincaid mm. in in a good scheme. Mayer's Mayer's a great player too, uh, yep. and the connection is very strong, as we know with Notre Dame fighting Irish and big Tommy tickets. So that was yep. my Telesco favorite. And to be my- fair, I'd kind mm. of like him too if the Chargers. Sorry, Andy, yeah. you go, but I, I'd be happy no. enough to see him get drafted, trade down. I'd understand yeah. it. He's a bit of a less sexy uh, uh, Kincaid, but he can block a bit more. Um, my Telesco favourite, and it's more of a Staley favourite, uh, he's shot up since the super, the senior bowl, uh, is Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. Um, 6'6", 255, sub 4'6", speed, run blocks willingly. He's got a football family, you know. Uncle Bill uh, was coach and father was QB at the University of Oregon. Um He's just risen up, and I think it could be one of those sort of second or third round guys if he uh, gets to us. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I agree. Um, he could be in pitcher and another guy in the white tight end mold. I think Tucker Craft from South Dakota State is a guy who's been flying up draft boards. Again, you've got to look at this lower level of competition in the FCS, yeah, yeah. like South Dakota State. You know, but Jack, you're like this guy. He's an early childhood major and plans to be a school superintendent and coach after his playing days. I did see that. Yeah. To make an impact yeah. with children. So I, I liked Tucker Craft. He, he's, he can do a bit of everything. He's met with the Chargers as well, I believe. 
Yeah, and he what he does bring is he broke 25 tackles on 102 catches. So he rumbles six foot five, 254. So that bigger frame where if you're looking for a dual blocking and receiving weapon, Tucker Craft would be a pretty safe selection, I think. Yeah. Nice. Go to a sleeper. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that picked, I think Braden Willis out of Oklahoma. I like him. I looked at oh. a small, very small bit of his tape. Not going to be a receiving threat in the pros. Probably uh, maybe a UDFA or a six or seven, seventh round. Um, he loves blocking. He has a healthy appetite for it. He's he can he's he can line up maybe as that, as that H back backfield in line or slot. But I think he'll be a solid contributor on a special team. So mm-hmm. Trey McKitty, I'd much rather have someone like a Braden Willis over over someone like McKitty. So yeah, Willis, I liked him, Oklahoma boy. Cool. My TDU sleeper, <clears throat> Brenton Strange from Penn State. 6'4", oh, nice. 253, projected fifth or sixth round. Um, he's, a, he's a natural athlete. Um, could be a development developmental piece to grow behind. I know that's probably not ideal um, for where we're at at the moment. But if you know if the cards don't fall that way earlier in the draft, um, he's a hard-nosed player. He won't back down. The want and will to block is there. It's just the execution. So, yeah, um, yeah hopefully working with the, um, the O-line. Could, could aid that and fast track it a little bit more so he's doing a little bit more why stuff. Yep, that's what, that's one I could get around. And like Jack said earlier, Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan is <clears> really <throat> quite high for me. Hey, I, I'd like him as early because he just showed this good feel for the soft spots in zones. I, I had a, quite a good look at him and everything he did. They ran in a pro-style offense, big friendly target for the quarterback and natural hands catcher, which I think is super important. Lacking a bit in play strength, but you know, is he a, another is high he school a, basketballer. Is he a sleeper though? If he's sort of been projected third, fourth round, or not really? Yeah, I guess I didn't dig into the sixth or seventh. So I'd probably go Zach Kuntz a bit like Andy did. But yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. So def, def, like maybe late day two, early day three. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's he's definitely an option. Cool. All right, Jack, your territory, the offensive line. Um, obviously we have, uh, the return of Rashawn Slater. Uh, we've got Corey Lindsley in there. Zion Johnson, Jamari Salia has moved over to right guard. Zion's moved over to the left and hopefully Trey Pipkins can stay healthy in that uh, right tackle role. No more Storm Norton. Happy days. Foster Sorrell has been training, uh, with Pipkins, with Slater. They're all working together. You'll love to see it. Will Clapp, um, yeah, it's, it's really good to see him. Will Clapp is the, the sort of the depth piece, um, backing that all up. Al, how, how do you see the Chargers offensive line at the moment and how do you think the coaches and Telesco will approach the, the line in the draft? Well, they're pretty much set, as you said. So you wouldn't expect too much. Uh, we've discussed it. Your th- if If a potential Lindsley replacement is there at the right point of the draft and you've got him high on your board. Sure. Think about it. I wouldn't like to see a pick spent on the first round, particularly early because what's really the value there. You've just signed Pipkins. You've got two rookies first rounders in Slater and Zion. Only real question mark so far is Solia, who's not played a guard before, but is it really worth drafting, you know, or Cyrus Torrance or some kind of mm. early guard prospect? Absolutely not, I would say. So I think we can be pretty quick with this position group generally because the charges are set. Maybe if the right player's there, they'll think about it. But 
not expecting this to be addressed much, if at all, in the draft. Hmm. Very good. Jack, do you want to hit us with your TDU tick? Yeah, I will. And uh, I did have, uh, I kind of like my little, even though I wasn't assigned this one, just a couple of uh, criteria. I had road graders over outside skaters. Uh, oh. I think it's time for Is us that your to own? Get- is it is actually, copyright? yeah, That's it is a bad. little bit. Not bad. Um, I think it's time for us to get a little more nasty on the offensive line. So I was looking for guys with size and strength and the willingness to get down and dirty. As you alluded to, Andy, there's a really tight-knit offensive line as well. So I think the message I'll be sending to a draft pick if we if we uh, decide to go there is, you know, we've got depth, we've got breadth, you've got to earn your time now. Um, so the offensive line is very much set. You've got to be ready to work, to learn and be a part of an offense, offensive line group that has pretty tight relationships um, and works hard and protects the QB. You're not walking in to be the hero. You will come in and you will have to earn your time. I love this guy and he's my favorite offensive line draft prospect and it's a tick i was gonna go i love you man but i put him as my tick that is big steve avila oh oh wow i love him i really do um three-year starter at tcu started all 15 games as a left guard um and he was very he was in i think garrett riley was the coach uh very much an rpo based offense which i think is great um Played left tackle in high school, and he played every offensive line position except left tackle at TCU. Um, I love him. He's got a huge, big, powerful, wide base, and he—I think the terms here from the from the draft, um, the the big bear, or whatever it's called—collects uh, a body count with his heavy hands to make early contact in pass protection or draw or drive block in the run game. I'd love him. He's listen. He's probably gonna, he's probably going to be picked in in the second round. I think he's great at anchor and he can also play center if need be. He fits both zone and gap, which I love and probably is going to be immediate starter. So he's not going to, we're probably not going to pick him, but I love him. TDU tick for Steve Avila. Yeah, awesome. (laughs) I liked him as well a lot. Um, So I'm giving no TDU ticks from the first round. If there was you, we managed to come up with this, you know, additional day two pick through a trade. I'm only really looking at guys who have dual position flexibility and can come in if there's an injury somewhere on the line and maybe can pose as a future Lindsley replacement. One guy's John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, this longtime center there. He kind of just does everything right. And I have quite a lot of faith that in due course, he'll become an above average NFL starter from the center spot. But he's also big enough at over 300 pounds in his squat that I think he could do a bit of time, spend a bit of time at guard as well. I don't expect him to be there, though, because he could end up bottom of the first. The one that everyone will be excited and talking about, though, is Cody Mork from North Dakota State. I'm sure he was going to come up later. But this guy, (laughs) Mork's two front mitt teeth are missing. Let's get that out of the way. Is it only two? Because it looks like six. Could be many. So (laughs) so at least... Like he's slipped a hockey puck in there or something. (laughs) Well, he lost them during a junior high, high school basketball game. And he's got this red shoulder-length hair. He's ra- he was raised on his family's 5,500-acre fourth-generation farm just outside Mantador in southeast North Dakota. He grew up baling hay and helping grow corn, soybeans, and sugar beets. So if this guy is not like the perfect off- offensive lineman, I just could not think of a better background growing up. And f- for, for a guy who is kind of doesn't look the part, he actually had very impressive athleticism in the three-cone mm-hmm. drill, 20-yard shuttle. 
He entered North Dakota State as a 221-pound tight end. Um, and then he kind of put on, I think it was something like he's put on 80 pounds. Ate a lot of beets, pounds. apparently. A lot of sugar in them beets. Yeah. And that's why I lost the sugar and teeth as well. Uh, so, at, but I think at the NFL level, because of his frame and his short arms, I kind of feel like he might struggle to play tackle where he played at North Dakota State. I actually think this guy could be a good center one day. And at the senior bowl, he took snaps at guard, he took snaps at center. So a loose I love you, like I'll make him my I love you man as well, and a loose tick for Cody Mork. Interesting. Yeah, nice. Uh, I do have him later later on in my list. Um, I don't have a TDU tick uh, for an O-line selection in the first or second round, and I agree with you, Al, if sometime, somehow we can manufacture a, a, an additional third round. Uh, Joe Tipman is my guy, the center mm. from Wisconsin. He's a really fun athletic lineman to watch. Huge hands at ten and three quarter inches. Uh, he'd be a he'd be a tall replacement. He's six six, yeah. so you do have like the leverage concerns with that. Yeah. Um, but look, maybe a flyer could be taken on this hard hitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Could be um, could be good fun. Yeah, I we'll didn't have a I didn't have a question mark. I mean, I guess we could talk about if if did it, Alistair, did you have a question mark or Andy? Did you Just on the strategy, like yeah. I wouldn't see the point of taking any kind of tackle-only project a la Pipkins. And there's a guy from BIU called Blake Freeland who kind of fits that bill. So like tall, lanky, skinny guys who need to put on NFL weight... Don't want a part of them. Not interested in that in that draft. But just so just re- just really quickly, mark. what was your read on Skoronsky? Because the same criticisms of him mm. were or almost eerily similar to uh, to Slater, the arm size to play tackle. Yeah. Do you think he projects more as a guard and then a tackle? But I mean, yeah. his tape is very strong, and PFF are very high on him, and so are a lot of people. But there is this question: like, what's what's your take on that? I'd let him fail at tackle first. Yeah. And then he could be a pro bowl guard. I've got him actually in my next category is the I love you, man. But, I mean, if you talk about football bloodlines, this guy's granddad, Bob Skaronsky, he played offensive tackle for eight years for Vince Lombardi and the Packers, winning five NFL championships and all Great that. The name. guy's just yeah. Polish background, yeah. the old Skaronsky. And I reckon he could play any spot on the line, a technician of the class, like him a lot. Yeah. Um, I was probably, yeah, pretty pretty picky i kind of went looking for someone i didn't like um (laughs) and i landed on jordan mcfadden the the tackle guard from clemson Clemson, um six foot two played predominantly at tackle he's kind of projects more to the interior he plays with really wide hands and he reaches a lot for his blocks i saw him sort of chasing and if you do that on the inside you're going to get exposed um just he's going to he's going to expose his pads get hit a lot more um, average arms and below average uh, hands could be leveraged quite easily. Yep. Projected to the fourth, this could... It just, to me, it had mid-round Tom Telesco stinker all over it. So <laughs> it, was my, it was my question mark. <clears throat> oh, it's to sort of uh, tie in with your beet-eating, tooth-missing, perhaps maybe center one day, uh, what's his name, Cody Maud. Uh, my I love Mork. you, man, is very dear to my Mork. heart. I saw this guy's draft profile and went... This guy deserves someone to say his name on some podcast somewhere. And that's Chandler Zavala yeah, out of NC popular. State. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I think, you know, he only weighed 250 pounds as an offensive freshman. He's coming in at 316. 
He yeah. received interest from Division One programs as a walk-on, but all his scholarships um, came at a Division Two level. His father, Dimitriou, who had emergency surgery in December uh, to have his appendix and intestine repaired after a rupture, is an executive chef and has opened six restaurants. Uh, Dimitriou has also made uh, numerous appearances on Food Network, including Guy, I assume it's Fieri, Grocery Games, and twice winning Chopped. Chandler's sister serves in the US Army and served in Korea. Uh, and he's also earned his master's in degree in um, <laughs> master's degree in adult <laughs> and community college education. So he's a burgeoning teacher after his maybe career in the NFL. So Chandler Zavala, I love you, man. I love your story. Um, you've got NFL size, you've got your strength. Um, you've got the movement to grow into a starting role, um, and he's got that. He's got that attitude. He's a workhorse. He's a mauler, uh, and he's got great alertness too. So I hope he does really well. I'd be awesome. It'd be amazing if we took him. But Chandler Zavala, I love you, man. Yeah, me too. And I might let let Andy compose himself for a second there. My um, I love you, man. Other than Skoro Skoronsky is. Darnell Wright, the first round prospect from Tennessee. Yeah, okay. He's good. He's just a lot of fun. He, he, he was. He's one of the only guys who held his own against Will Anderson, who's going to go in the top five picks. He's. I, I tend to like tackles who are better pass protectors than run blockers, or at least, you know, really excel as pass protect, protectors. And he has that. He's got vice-like hands. He's just, when he puts his hand on you, a bit like um, Sawyer, you just know that. You're not going anywhere, and he's won the rep. Give, give up. Game over. Five-star recruit in high school. Four-year starter in the SEC. So he's seen the best pass rushes year in, year out, and only allowed something like, what, eight, eight pressures for the year and zero sacks. Chef kiss. I think someone will take him somewhere, you know, rounds pick 15 to 25, and he could end up outperforming some of these younger guys who are going to go slightly ahead of him because they're more athletic. Cool. Uh, my I love you, man, is Cody Mark. Um, I find the, the story just awesome. Um, and <clears throat> I guess the point I've got against his lack of size is he can, he's just, he's quick. So yeah. he, even though he's got smaller arms and stuff, he can actually, he's just faster than them at the, um, at the break and uh, can get into their pads quickly in the run game. He's a dog. And um, I think it, it would hit, bode really well him sitting behind uh, Corey Lindsley mm. and farm know. farm strength is very different to gym strength mm. oh as well. yeah he's it's yeah. that it's that actual pig, uh, pig fighting and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> pig fighting beet eating hay baling son of a gun <laughs> yeah I just I just think of him he looks like a wrestling villain you hear JR going oh he's a son of a bitch he's an absolute son of a bitch <laughs> He's kind of one of those, uh, which is great. I didn't have a Telesco favorite, but I might go into my TDU sleeper and then um, you guys can yes. finish it off. Uh, I've gone with Andrew Voorhees from USC. Oh, he was mine too. Was he? Yeah, because yeah, he's obviously okay. coming off uh, an ACL injury, so I think his stock will drop. But he's a five-year um, starter, played left guard under Lincoln Riley in a ballot in, the, in his spread scheme there. Um you know, he played with Sam Darnold as well, starting at right guard there. So again, you know, looking at this versatility, um, he is a little bit top heavy, uh, and I think he'll probably take some time to get to uh, up to speed with NFL pass rushes. But he's a as a, the draft profile says him, and I watched him, blue collar, physical competitor, and he's got toughness. And I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder from that ACL injury. So I'd love to see him um, in the later rounds. Uh, Mate, Jason's this, brother. 
So there we go. <laughs> shocking, shocking <laughs> lid. Shocking lid on yeah. him. Shocking <laughs> lid. This sick fuck. And it's fair to say that he might have gone in the first round. This poor guy tears his ACL at the combine. And then he comes out the next day and bench presses 38 reps. Unbelievable. And finishes first with a torn ACL. And that was it. That's all he did at the combine. And now he's not going to, he's probably going to have to redshirt his rookie year. But that's going to be, hopefully, if he can recover, that should be a steal because he was a first, second round caliber player. And some team will get him in the fourth or the fifth, I reckon. Yeah, poor guy. Um, do you want to jump in with any Andy sleepers you, or <clears throat> favourites? Oh, look, my Telesco favourites are pretty generic. I was just kind of uh, after hitting on um, Slater, uh, no doubt. Scoro would be real high on Tommy T's board, even though I don't think they'll go near uh, Lyman early. Um, and Osiris Torrance, he's just a massive guy. Yeah, he's um, huge. So incredible, much fun. Massive. Incredible measurables. Uh, he's dominant in the run game. Um, back-to-back 88 PFF grade years. Uh, Plug-and-play guard. But not the position of need, Tommy. You better run a lot of power, though, with that bloke because he, yeah. ain't, he ain't getting to the second level much. Maybe to finish it off, mate, maybe we'll just say this is not really any category, but the Chargers have spent quite a bit of time with three offensive linemen. The first is Juice Scruggs, the center from mm. Penn State. And they've now met with him multiple times. Uh, he's kind of your team captain, block of granite type of dude. Maybe a bit limited athletically. Shrine bowl standout. Bit of position versatility. He's played a few different spots. So rounds mm. five and later, he's one guy to look at. There are some mm. medical issues with him. He was actually thrown from a car through the window and suffered a break of his L3 vertebra. Instead of career-threatening surgery, he opted to allow the injury to heal on its own and required a back brace for a year as he slowly rehabbed. So teams need to get comfortable with that, which is why he's going to be drafted very late uh, in the draft. And then a bit quicker, did you want to say something there? Oh, I was just going to say Jalen Carter wasn't driving the car, was he? Oh my god! <laughs> he's just saved his best for two minutes left in the show. He's just gone. We we almost might just end it at that, mate. There are two other guys: Trevor Reed from Louisville, another Reed Serious Jack, uh, and yeah, McClendon Curtis from Chattanooga, who's a six-year guy played with Cole Strange. I think what Jack would like about this guy is. Um, firstly, he's had multiple meetings with the Chargers and he actually said, hey, when I saw their scouts in Mobile, it was like we were catching up. So they know him really well. He's six foot six, 324 pounds, 35-inch arms, a real wow. guard prospect. He's known for his strong personal character. He almost decided to quit football because his high school coach was giving him a really rough time. And he kind of decided to get over that and stick to it. But he's also earned a 4.0 GPA over the last three years and was appointed to the NCAA Division I Oversight Committee in September 2021. So if you like your cerebral late round pick, who's like going to be high character, I think McClendon Curtis from Chattanooga is a name to look out for. And that'll do. Cool. Um, have you, are they your, your sleepers included? Yeah, sleeper was Voorhees, mate, Jason. Oh, yeah, that's right. You jumped on Jack's one. Um, My TDU sleeper uh, sort of developmental tackle flex 
sorry, a sleeper pick or a late round developmental tackle flex is the sort of ideal drafting scenario for me, for the Chargers. And um, if it comes to it, Braden Daniels is one from the Utah Utes. He's a tad undersized, 6'4", 294, um, to play on the, probably too small to play on the outside. Um, but, you know, he's uh, spent a lot of time across the different spots on the line. He's explosive, 499 speed. Not too bad at um, laid it down just for a little bit of insurance to cover. Just reflect to think that we're humans who say, bit undersized, 64294. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it just ridiculous how comfortably we say, you know, bit undersized, 295, 6'4. <laughs> hey, yes, I can probably from, say from that. Somebody could fit you know, in a matchbox. That's undersized for me, so that's all right. That that is you, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to get into my intangibles. I'm lifting at the gym at the moment, but yeah, I'd say it's slightly undersized for me. There we go. Yeah, you're <laughs> not nice quite six four though. <laughs> I am actually. I'm one nine six. Oh, there you go. Stop uh, it! <clears throat> Stop it! Where's the challenge flag? That crack of shit. Oh well. On that note, um, that's probably uh, it for our offensive uh, prospect. Uh, charting uh, it's been really fun we love doing these shows uh, it has run a little bit longer than we thought but hey we had fun doing it we hope you guys had fun too we'd love to hear what you uh, agree with or disagree with um, and be sure to join us next time for the defensive position groups and of course Al's first round mock draft until then guys we'll see you next time on Thunder Down Under Charters Podcast see you later Firing, he's got Floyd turning, got it, zigzag, 10, 5, high step, touchdown, San Diego! Woo-hoo, woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Woo! Good night! Good night to all!